Hello there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture-related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our czar of source material, John. I was going to try to do a Yoda voice, but then I realized I've never actually seen Star Wars, so I can't do it. (laughs) Oh, need to watch Star Wars, you do. (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh man so yeah john and i have gotten together tonight because he and i have watched all of star wars visions and uh, we want to talk about it um before i get started i do want to mention i am very very sick while recording this um so i do apologize for the raspiness of my voice um i also do apologize if you hear any coughing in the background i'm going to try and mute it as best i can when i feel a cough coming on but ever so often i might miss one um so I do want to apologize for that up front. Uh, but let's talk about Star Wars, John. Let's talk about Star Wars that isn't fucking The Last Jedi. <laughs> Listen, I don't know why you hate The Last Jedi so much. I honestly don't. It's the worst movie was, ever made. It was a cultural masterpiece. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As someone who's okay. never seen the original Star Wars, I would just like to say it was the perfect successor to the original trilogy. Mm. Yeah, it is worth mentioning before we actually do get into this that you have never watched the original Star Wars trilogy, have you? Still haven't. Um, yeah? Like, I I gave episode four technically the first... Yeah, it was the first movie in the trilogy. Episode four. I gave that a fair shake of like an hour of watching and i didn't like it and then i gave like Mm. episode one which i guess would be technically the fourth movie released i gave that like an hour and a half and i didn't like that either so i i just never got into star wars but i know basically everything about it because pop culture just loves star wars so goddamn much that i can't get away from it so it's like uh whatever i don't have to fucking watch it to know what happens uh, hey, fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, let, let, but let's actually get into it. So for those who may not know, obviously we this is a spoiler cast, so we are going to spoil anything and everything about this. First off, if you haven't gone and seen it, go watch it. It's worth it. I guess it is on Disney Plus, so there's that. Um, but um, it, it's certainly worth watching. This was announced what about a year ago now? Yeah, a little over a year and ago. We we made the original erroneous. Um, prediction or not prediction uh, expectation that it was all going to be studio trigger Uh, as Mm. it turns out it's a collection of star wars shorts done by different animation studios one of which is studio trigger one of which is studio trigger trigger actually does two episodes which uh they're actually pretty decent (laughs) Mm. but i think there's five studios that worked on this right total see uh yeah total uh we have so we have kamikaze doga we have studio colorido we have gino studio trigger kinema citrus production ig and science saru all uh developed episodes in this anthology series yeah and (laughs) so i really liked this um after the first episode i was just like i love this i love this and i I thought it was gonna be more like the first episode you know with the whole with the ronin vibe and I love the aesthetic of freaking um, the duel, right? It's mm. 
it's feudal Japan, but Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and I fucking, I just love that aesthetic. It looks so fucking cool. And I loved uh, the Ronin. Like, oh, God. Fuck. <laughs> what do you- so, I don't know if you've ever actually seen any, but for me, this this entire episode, which was done by Kamikaze Doga, a, a anime studio that is really... Uh, I guess known for a couple of things, mostly doing the um, the OPs for JoJo's Bizarre Adventures parts one, two, and three. Um, and they also did Ninja Batman and Pop Team Epic. Yeah, so I I knew that the animation style looked very similar to Ninja Batman because that's what I thought of first when I saw it. And then I thought about the JoJo OPs where it's like 3D CG. Mm. Yeah, but. Um, but I got I got such a vibe of like an old like black and white uh, Akira Kurosawa film, and I absolutely loved it. Like the whole like one on one battle, and then like this is for like the the soul of a village. And I, I oh my god, I love the entire aesthetic, and like oh it's so good. Yeah, so I've never seen any of that, but it obviously they did this in black and white, like not intentionally mm. black and white because it's just muted colors. But it looks black and white, and the only thing that really sticks out are the red fucking lightsabers. So the mm. coolest thing was when the Ronin approaches, you know, he's like, oh, this village is being attacked, and Ronin is approaching, and then he pulls out a fucking red lightsaber. You're like, what? He's a Sith? What? And then he fights the fucking, that Sith lady with the fucking umbrella lightsaber? That shit was nuts. Mm. Like, what? An umbrella <laughs> lightsaber? Yeah, from now on, I'm just calling that the Umbrella Saber, and it looks so cool. It looks so cool. It was so stupid. But then, like, uh, you know, you get to the end, and fucking Ronin pulls out, like, he destroys the uh, the fucking <laughs> the Umbrella Saber. He destroys that, and he takes the Kyber Crystal, and then he opens his fucking pouch, and you just see, like, multiple Sith Kyber Crystals, and you're like, what? This guy Another hunts. fine addition to my collection. Yeah, he's like, he, the Ronin is just a Sith hunter, and I'm like, yo, that's pretty dope. I'd watch this. Yeah, that was a heck of a twist, by the way. I thought he was just going to be like, he's actually a Sith guy, but he just wants to battle strong people or something, you know, but it turns out, no, this guy hunts Sith. <laughs> like, oh, <Yeah>. fuck. <laughs> But then he's also using a red lightsaber, and it's like, well, it's because he's kind of... Because, you know, a Jedi wouldn't go around hunting Sith, even though they did kind of mm. hunt them to extinction, but they, the council, they say the Jedi Order did that for the safety of the universe, whatever. I think it's bullshit. But, um, yeah, I just like that whole, the point. Because I, I really wanted to think that this is just a Sith guy who's a ron- wandering Ronin, and he just wants to fight other strong people. It just so happens mm-hmm. that Sith Lords are kind of very crazy with power. So it's fun. It's the funnest fighting them. That's what I, I had in my head cannon. But when they pulled out, like, he's got, like, fucking ten other red kyber crystals. Like, oh, shit. He's a hunter. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, that that was really cool. I like the I, li- I love the twist in it. And just the aesthetic, the overall animation and art style aesthetic of it was just just – Perfect. It was not at all what I was expecting going into this, uh, but I, shit, I, I take this over half of the shit we get any day. That's one of the <laughs> things I love about Kamikaze Doga as a whole. They're they're definitely willing to try out stuff like this. Um, 
and and just see if it works. And in this instance, I think it worked really well. I think the art style really helped fit the dynamic of the story that they were trying to tell. And then, um, <laughs> so I watched this in both Japanese and English. I swapped between the mm. two depending on how I felt the English dub did. I tried watching it mostly in English. But there are certain scenes where I swapped to Japanese. I just had to watch it in Japanese because it's, like, terrible. Um, <laughs> I didn't even look at the voice cast for most of this. But apparently Lucy Liu voices um, the <laughs> the bandit leader. And oh, the bandit leader. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know that. That's actually yeah. pretty fucking funny. They actually got some some pretty big names to do the the voices. Oh yeah, they have really fucking of these famous characters. people voicing all the. But I mean, you got Disney money, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's it's Disney money. You can you can afford to hire Disney level actors. Yeah, and so I again I went into this thinking uh, that Trigger was supposed to be doing everything. So when I saw it was like made by Kamikaze Doga, I was like, what? Like I, I don't understand. I thought this was supposed to be Trigger. So then after that, I go to the second episode, and it's, like, Studio Colorado, and it's, like, the style reminds me so much of Interstellar 4 5. And I was, like, is this a studio that worked on that or something from the fucking early 2000s? <laughs> so, and then it's, like, I don't remember the music too much in The Duel. Um, it probably wasn't too bad because I didn't hate it, but I don't think it, – it's kind of a weird thing. So – all these episodes have nothing to do with each other other than yeah it's just... an anthology series so none of them have anything to do with each other and it, so it's sort of like um um what's that the, the halo legends that they did a few years ago oh i've never watched that oh it some of them are pretty good um they also did like the animatrix back in the day where it was just an anime anthology series where none of the stories really had anything to do with each other they were just set in the same universe didn't Ergo Proxy come from Animatrix? Or am I thinking of a different show? I think you're thinking of a different show. Okay. I, I could have sworn it with the Animatrix. There was a uh, something that got picked up through it and became an actual anime because they're like it got it was very well received, but I don't I'm talking out my ass. I'm I'm just thinking of something right now, but yeah, so going from uh the duel to Tattooing Rhapsody, episode two, it's such a giant change because Kamikaze Doga does three D C G and then you get to Tattooing Rhapsody, which literally looks like Interstellar 4 or 5. So it's very cartoonish. And yeah. at first, I didn't like Tattooing Rhapsody. I was like, eh. I kind of liked the action-oriented The Duel. At Tattooing mm. Rhapsody, there's not too much action in it. It's very cartoony looking. Like, mm. <laughs> it, it gives off very much Saturday morning cartoon vibes. And it does. Even the story itself kind of gives off a Saturday morning cartoon vibe. Yeah. Like, I... And then the music, it was, it was okay. I hated listening to the music in English of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, bless your heart, but man, you cannot fucking sing. <laughs> Good actor, terrible singer. Yeah, so I had to swap it to uh, Japanese just to listen to Hiroyuki Yoshino sing because he's an actual singer. <laughs> but... They did have um, Bobby Moynihan as Boba Fett, which is super fucking cool. Cause I don't. Did we do a Mandalorian spoiler cast yet? I don't think we did. No, we talked about it, but we never did it. Okay, so I love the Mandalorian as a non-Star Wars fan. I'd say myself. I don't know if I'm a non-Star Wars fan because I've played Battlefront, like the original ones on PS2, 
and I love those. I also loved like Clone Wars on. I I love all the spinoffs of Star Wars. I just don't like actual Star Wars, <laughs> which is like is weird, right? Yeah. Like fuck the main story. That shit's garbage. But man, those side stories, oh, just Chef's mm. kiss. So, yeah, I didn't. I don't think Tatooine Rhapsody was uh, definitely weak because there's there's definitely two that come to mind that I'm just like I did not like at all. Uh, one, I think the other one, one of them might be controversial to you when uh, when we talk about it. But, yeah, there's not too much to say about Tattooing Rhapsody. It's a band. They get together, and there's uh, – what's his name? Guy. There's a hut Guy. named Guy who has uh, a bounty on him. So Boba Fett shows up to hunt them, and they just kind of like – they're they're in a band called Star Waver, which is just like, okay, <laughs> weird name choice. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning, this is supposed to be set during the Clone Wars, so, like, in between episodes two and three of, uh, of you know, the actual Star Wars movies. Um, and it's like, wow, okay, so Boba, or Boba, Boba Hutt, Boba, Boba Hutt. Fett was just out here jamming out to some rock music during the Clone Wars, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, obviously, this is fine. I don't think any of the anthology is canonical. Um, I haven't seen anything that says that because it just doesn't make sense if it would be canonical mm. or not i hope it, it it doesn't make sense if it is canonical because of certainly because of one of the episodes but oh yeah one of the episodes is definitely it can't be canonical because it doesn't make any sense to the rest of the story um but it is stated that the duel does take place in an alternate universe so i mean that makes sense based on the aesthetic yeah feudal <laughs> oh yeah 20 an alternate universe with feudal jedi empire i love it yeah <laughs> the, the fucking feudal japan slash star wars again really cool aesthetic really wanted to see yeah. more of that and i remember that's a lot of that's a complaint that i saw a lot of for star wars visions a lot of people hated that it was an anthology because they're like mm. you know you watch the first episode and you think it's gonna be like that the entire time and then you watch the episode two and it's such a it's such a change in direction. Like episode two is more of a comedy. It's more about like the power of friendship and you know, they're trying to save their bandmate and they don't actually yeah. fight anyone. There's like, I guess there's technically a fight scene at the very beginning when they're trying to uh, escape Boba Fett, but it's not an actual fight scene. It's like, Oh shit. Everyone flip over the fucking house and let's escape. Like that's, that's the, yeah. what it amounts to really. So it was very yeah, much different, uh, which is why I thought it was pretty weak. But I, I thought the song was good. Uh, definitely don't listen to it in English because, God, no, it is so bad. <laughs> no, like you said, bless you, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You you can act, but you definitely – singing is not your forte. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Personally, I liked it because it was more of a laid-back story within the Star Wars universe. It's – I don't know. I, I just liked it. Um. It does give off that like Saturday morning cartoon aesthetic though, which I know probably turned off a lot of people. But I don't know, it's just there, there's something about it I just I really enjoyed. Um, it's certainly something you can kind of turn your brain off and just you know not think about. Well, like the whole entire episode starts off with um, Jay. He he's a young Jedi Padawan who looks like he's just escaped from the war. Right? He's like mm. gr- um, gruffled, gristled. He he looks rough. And then Guy finds him. He's like, what What are you? And it's like, obviously, he's a Jedi Padawan. And obviously, he just escaped Order 66. 
And I, I thought they were going to do something about that. So I was like, I was going to be okay if they did that. But they didn't. It was just literally he doesn't use – he tries to use his lightsaber. It doesn't work because, you know, whatever reason, he's not worthy anymore. Who cares? And he just becomes the a singer in the band. Like, I seriously thought he was going to uh, – Jay was going to be able to, like – pull out his lightsaber at the end and fight off Boba Fett and Jabba the Hutt and save uh, Gee. But he did it with the power of rock. Yeah, he did it with the power of rock and music, bro. Yeah. I half expected him to be voiced in English by Jack Black. <laughs> oh, God. I would have hated that. I I have a personal issue with um, Jack Black. Me and him hate each other. This is a well-known oh, beef. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You have, well, you have a well-known Twitter beef with him or something? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Okay. It's more like a one-sided hate, but... (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know you exist, bro. (laughs) I know. He doesn't even know who I am, but I'm the one who hates... I am the hate... I am the the amalgamation of hate for Jack Black. (laughs) (laughs) I am the antagonist in the timeline. Uh, But no, I I thought... Yes, it's very, very different from what I was expecting, but I can't say I was... um, I can't say that I was disappointed. Um... The next episode, however, episode three, The Twins. Um, I think everyone who's listened to this podcast knows by now I am a huge Trigger fanboy. Um, and this was done by Studio Trigger, you know, uh, a.k.a. the studio that gave us Kill a Kill, Little Witch Academia, Space Troll Luluco, Gridman, what else? Premiere. <laughs> um, and um, I, I think it's safe to say, John, that um, the main character in this definitely looks like a rehash of a character from premiere it was quite literally this entire episode scream trigger like it's done in the same style as like space patrol lulico or premiere mm. like it's it's trigger it looks like trigger everything about it and it was trigger. directed it, it was directed by hiroyuki imaishi who also directed premiere and kill a kill yeah so it made the the story was nonsensical but the fight scenes were cool <laughs> like mm. First and foremost, how the fuck did they breathe outside in space without that's a, You know, that's a question I had from the second it happened in the episode. He's like, I can understand how the one, the sister is breathing because she's still in the suit, right? I can I can think that maybe there's some kind of like an oxygen rebreather or something built into the suit. But he's like, you know, like all but naked outside in space. I'm like, how is this working? <laughs> Through the power of the force, bro. Come on. Don't you know the, the force? The force can literally create a vacuum of air and supply you oxygen <laughs> around you. Duh. duh. See how the midichlorians work? Is that <laughs> I don't I don't know anything about this. Again, I've, I've never seen Star Wars. I'm just making shit up. <laughs> also, in English, he's voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, which I found very enjoyable. See, I thought the English cast on this episode was really weak. Because I just preferred the Japanese. Like, Junya Inoki and uh, Ryoko Shiraishi, they just do a phenomenal job. But mm. Allison Brie and Neil Patrick Harris also do – they do a, not a bad job. But it just didn't scream very anime to me. It screamed mm. very, like, we're trying to act like it's an action sequence, mm. but they're not really acting like it's an action sequence. It's it's really weird. Like, just comparing uh, Neil Patrick Harris when he does, the like, the scream – He's like, ah, versus like the Japanese guy who's like getting really into it. He's like, ah, and I'm just like, it's a minor difference. It honestly not, no one's going to really care too much. It's it's like a 20, 15 minute or a 20 minute episode. No one's going to really care as much as I do about voice acting like this, but I do. 
and mm. I did like the action sequence. It's very Trigger. Okay, I like Trigger's action sequences in all of their shows. I just don't like Trigger themselves because a lot of their anime, story-wise, always falls really short. Uh, they always have a really cool concept. Like this, the twins has a really cool concept, right? So we get yeah. two twins, uh, Kare and Am, um, who are um, fraternal twins. Is that right? Is that the term? Yes. Or one's well, a boy. One, but one is a boy, one is a girl. But yes, they're twins. Yeah, they're four sensitive twins that get created by the Empire. I believe it's the Empire. Well, the, 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 they're, you, it says using Sith alchemy. Because this, this actually takes place just after the events of Episode 6. So just after the Empire's defeat. Okay. So yeah. I guess they're essentially trying to reform the Empire. Yeah, and they have like a fucking giant kyber crystal that requires the power of the twins to send force power through, and they can just shoot it like a Death Star, right? It's yeah. actually pretty fucking cool. Super st- fucking stupid of a design, because it's literally just two Star Destroyers that are, like, combined <laughs> with a yeah, fucking are, like, giant s- kyber crystal well, in the center. <laughs> welded together with a giant cannon in the middle of them. Yeah, it's really fucking weird. But I'm trying to figure out how I want to explain this. With the twins, right? I thought it was a cool concept where... These are supposed to be, like, they were trained in the dark side of the Force, and they're supposed to be completely evil, but Kare mm. actually ends up being not evil? Like, mm. not a Sith Lord versus Om, who's, like, obviously a Sith Lord. Plus, she has, like, fucking General Grievous arms, right? That was cool. Right. <laughs> I was like, what was up yeah, with that? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> she has her exoskeleton on, and she's like, fucking, fuck General Grievous's four lightsabers. I get six! And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. And then B two on B two zero on B two O N B two O N B ton that was first of all is it does any can people actually understand droid I don't understand how that worked because again so, never seen Star Wars <laughs> I I was, was very confused how Kari understood what B two on was saying uh well I mean well in this particular one B two on speaks in basic like well in Star Wars, it's called basic, the language they speak. Um, but in this, it's actually Japanese or English, depending on when you listen to it in. Um, but for, like, droids like R2-D2 and stuff to go... Um, I guess because people seem to respond to them and have conversations with them, so I guess some people can understand what they're saying. But didn't 3CPO say something about, like, he can't understand... I, I don't know where I, I fucking remember hearing this or seeing this in something star wars but i thought there was like no one could actually understand droids except like a certain few because it's hard to actually understand it i don't know well in star wars at least in the star wars movies that i've seen most of the people that can seem to understand droids when they speak are people who are force sensitive so i don't know if that has something to do with it that would kind of make more sense because, you know, the Force works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Whatever. Fucking, um, I hate that. I hate how the Force works in mysterious ways. It's literally just a fucking Hail Mary of, like, I don't want to It's a get-out-of-jail-free card for a writer is what it is. Yeah, I, and, again, weak writing. So, let me talk about the story. Um, basically, the twins are brought up to make the twin dart Star Destroyer to be able to use a kyber crystal and just fucking destroy planets. And then uh, Kare decides, no, fuck that. I'm going to go steal the kyber crystal because he's seen a vision of his sister, uh, Am, dying when she tries to use the kyber crystal. 
and then he, he so he's kind of good but kind of not it's kind of weird because it's like he doesn't really care about the fact that the kyber crystal would be used to destroy planets what he does care about is his sister dying and then he's uh, doing the right thing for the wrong reason yeah but his sister is like i don't care oh we were born a sith and, and that was cool that was a cool fight scene and she it's gets, like it's like that the way people will say i was born here i'll die here yeah like the fact that um was like fuck that i don't care if the kyber crystal kills me like if it was meant to be it was meant to be which again i get it you know that's how the force works if it was meant to be it'll, it'll fucking be but <laughs> so he fights um in that giant space battle and then he blows her up in a, her he blows up her star destroyer and then she flies off into space and he crash lands onto the planet with his X-Wing and he's like talking to um B2On and he's like, Yeah, I can feel my sister, she's still out there somewhere. And and one day I'll figure out why we were created. And I was like, This is that studio trigger fucking writing that I was talking about, because it made absolutely no sense. First of all, Kare, bro, you know why you were fucking made. It's explained in the very fucking beginning. You were <laughs> built by the empire to be sith lords to destroy planets that's your purpose what do you mean you don't you're gonna figure out why you were fucking born what they tell you what it doesn't make sense something i'd like to point out that may not be obvious also is that at the very end um um or not um uh kare crash lands on tatooine (laughs) that's the planet he uh (laughs) that's <laughs> the planet he crash lands on. I don't know what it is about Tatooine, but everything in Star Wars seems to lead there. Oh, he does crash land on Tatooine. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. This is easy out. Like, hey, we got to put a planet that people recognize. Oh, what about I Tatooine? Guess. Everyone knows Tatooine. They know the music. They know the bar scene. You know, the most famous fucking scene from Star Wars, Tatooine. Yes. So, everyone knows that. Yeah, even I know that. I've never seen Star Wars, so... Music-wise, though, I'm trying to look at... God, this list is all the way down here. Who did the twins? Michiru oh, Oshima. Yeah. Yeah. It's a composer for Trigger, I'm assuming, because they do the Trigger. Yeah, pretty much like an in-house, yeah. Um, in-house composer. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because she does the twins and the Elder. The other... Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, music-wise, it again, it wasn't very strong. Uh, in typical trigger fashion music was it wasn't terrible it was okay uh studio triggers terrible storytelling but the action scenes were cool <laughs> i wasn't into yeah, and the it character designs first. were good too yeah the character designs looked really fucking cool too but like i said that's just i have a personal problem with trigger because they always have really cool action sequences and they have really cool concepts but man do they have terrible fucking stories <laughs> <laughs> they can't tell a story to save their fucking life. Like, that's why I like... But it looks cool. See, that's why I liked Kill a Kill so much, because they lean super heavy into, fuck doing the story. We don't give a fuck about that. Let's just do action! And yeah. I was like, that's what I like. That's what I like, Trigger. <laughs> just do that. Alright, so episode four. Uh, I think you and I may actually be in agreement on this. The best music of the entire anthology. I really liked episode four of The Village Bride. Um, yeah, I don't know who Kinema Citrus is, but as you've told me, they're apparently a very famous studio. 
Uh, well, I wouldn't say they're famous famous, but they've been kind of killing it recently. So the, the three things that they're probably most known for that a lot of people will um, will will you know remember them for. They did the sequel to uh, Is the Order a Rabbit? And they also did Maiden Abyss, and they're also working on Rising of the Shield Heroes. So those are probably the three things that people most know them for. Black Bullet. Barack yeah, Black Amon, Bullet too. Show by Rock. <laughs> Cardfight Vanguard. <laughs> what is this? They made. They have so many weird fucking things. Norn Nine. They had. They. Made, what? <laughs> I'm just so confused. They make so. But they, then they did the Village Bride. <laughs> All right, so enough of looking at their actual like list of things. Yeah, Village Bride. So I thought the music in this one was pretty on point. It's very Japanese. <laughs> mm. uh, and years after the Great Jedi Purge, a fallen Jedi named F. <laughs> F. <laughs> yeah, it's just about a village and someone who's like a Jedi who doesn't want to have to do any Jedi stuff anymore. And then she does Jedi stuff again. <laughs> That was literally it. Uh, I like the animation style a lot. Mm. It looked really nice uh, in comparison because we had Kamikaze Doga, which again, it's 3D CG. It, it looks pretty rough, but it's it was cool. Aesthetically speaking, it was cool with the, uh, the black and white mm. and the red. And then you had, you had T- Tatooine Rhapsody, which was super cartoony. Then you had Trigger. You know, Trigger is Trigger. I wouldn't say they're very pretty again space patrol luluko art style it doesn't look it looks cartoony but it's okay studio trigger can get away with it but village bride was the very first episode that looked straight up like anime to me like your traditional 2d anime Hmm. and i really like the aesthetic of the the design of the uh, characters like the um the, the one who's being offered up as the village chief i don't remember her name uh is it haru yeah haru yeah haru so haru and the guy i don't know the guy's name asu asu weird fucking names haru and asu i really liked their uh, character design like with how they were kind of tan but they had like traditional i don't know tattoos i guess Mm. and the whole like escorting each other almost like like um polynesian tribal tattoos yes uh, I, I just really liked it. It looked really cool. And mm. I liked F, too. She looked really cool. She kind of looks like that lady from, um, who's the blue-haired chick from Darling in the Franks? Oh, Ichigo? Yeah, she looks like Ichigo, kind of. And I, I really liked the mask thing, too. That was so cool. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what the Village Bride was about. Like, I don't understand why the fucking, um, I don't know, the, the fucking, the Bandit Raiders, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand their entire point of like trying to hold this village hostage by taking the village chief's daughter. Like none of it gets explained because again, it's an anthology. None of the stories really make sense. But I just thought it was really cool to see an actual anime sequence. Uh, it was nice. And let's see, village bride. Who did? And the music and background art were all beautiful. Yeah, I'm trying to. Who did the music for the village bride? Oh, what is, did I scroll that was uh, Kevin Pinkin, who also yes. did the music for uh, Maiden Abyss. Yeah, so Kevin Pinkin, in typical Kevin Pinkin mm-hmm. fashion, the music is what really carried this episode, other than the fact that it looked pretty. There weren't too many action sequences, but mm-hmm. it was pretty cool when, like, when you, you see F and she's looking over the village with uh, whoever her mentor is. I don't know the guy's name. 
Valco. Yeah, so Valco is like he's obviously trying to lead her into a lesson about like using the force for good and like you got to restore balance to the universe and this and that. You know, be, you're a Jedi, you got to use your powers to help people, basically, right? It was very heavy-handed in that, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I get it. And obviously, I knew F was gonna go save everyone, but holy shit, was that cool? <laughs> like when the dude shoots the um the blaster and then F just fucking forces holds it and fucking destroys his blaster. That was cool as shit, yeah. right? And then she does the fucking bato draw with her lightsaber to cut the dude's arm off. Holy fuck! And then her boots, they light up, and she's, like, super sweet, like, sing! Like, psh! You know, and then fucking one slice, then, you know, fucking, uh... What the fuck do they call that? EI. What? EI, that's what it's called. Where they... A single draw off the blade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, ching! And then it resheaves, and then, like, you're already dead, but you don't know it. Like, that type of shit. I love that. Right? Omae wa mo shinderu. Yeah, so they do that, and I just, again, it's very Japanese. Right? It's a very, it's like watching a Japanese drama, and I loved every fucking single minute of it, and Kevin Peckin does a great job scoring it, because I was invested in this fucking episode. <laughs> Even mm. though the story was really fucking stupid and weak, and again, this is nothing new. This is something that you see in media everywhere, like some feudal lord or some fucking bandit camp has taken over, and they want offerings of like the young bride and this and that and you're a hero who's obviously like they don't want to use their powers because it's led to bad things before it it's like it it's so boring of a topic for me but i really liked this episode because i was invested in it it's funny to me because the the people in this village seem to be somewhat isolated from the events of the rest of the galaxy as, as a whole um and they kind of going on living their own lives because this story takes place just a few years after the Jedi, the Jedi Purge. It takes place at the end of Episode Three, um, and like obviously, whoever the Jedi is, that F um, is someone who escaped the Purge and is trying to keep a low profile. And yeah. I like the fact that this this like isolated these isolated people. Like, they are aware of the Force, but they don't call it the Force. I forget what they call it. They called it something different. Ma- Manu- Mana something? Manudi? Mana- yeah, something like that. It starts with an M. Um, and I like how they have this own, like, independent religion that has grown up around the Force, independent of how the Force is viewed by the greater galaxy. Like, that's a good bit of storytelling right there. Yeah, like, the whole, uh, they live with harmony with the world, and they change mm. with the world, and the planet like inherits their memories and this and that i was like yeah. it was very spiritual and I, I actually really liked it and i'm completely down with a religion based around just the force where people aren't actually jedis like jedi knights but they're just they live in harmony with the force that's super cool to me like they're actually force yeah. users but they're not jedis yeah i i don't know i really like that i thought it was a really good uh a really good way to explore like a somewhat isolated community within the star Wars universe. I thought they did that really well. Uh, that's definitely something I loved about the village pride. Probably my second favorite part of this anthology. I'd say it's definitely top. I wouldn't say top three because I have two other ones that I really liked. Actually, there's three other. I, I like more than the village bride mainly because of scoring and like village bride. Don't get me wrong. The scoring is great, but there's not a lot of action, right? It's literally True. just the the end action sequence where, what the blaster sequence, the uh, the helmet rocket, and then the fucking the EI draw, and that's it. 
that's all the action you get it, it lasts maybe two three minutes <laughs> yeah uh but moving on to my favorite part of this anthology episode five the ninth jedi uh, so this was done by Production IG, which I don't think really needs much of an introduction. They've been around forever, and they've done such classics as Kuroko Basque. They did um, uh, Psychopaths. Uh, what else have they done recently? Um, what have they done recently? Fina, Princess Pirate. That's true. Um, um, they did Noblesse, Moriarty the did. Patriot. Yeah, let's see. Fully Cooley, Progressive and Alternative. What? Yeah, they worked on that too. Legend um, of the Galactic did, Heroes. <laughs> they also did Ultraman. 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 Um, that was with Solar Digital Arts. Um, but yeah, and they also did Eden of the East, which is one of the most underrated anime series ever made, in my opinion. But um, the Night Jedi. So this one is probably the one. If if I had to pick just one anthology or one of these anthologies to um or one of these stories to become like expanded into a full series. This is the one I would pick. I definitely think there's, this is a story would, would, which would be really nice to expand and explore more. Uh, the general, the, the gist of it is there is this leader of a planet. Um, his name is Margrave Juro, uh, who is trying to get more and more masterless Jedi to come to him so he can train them and they can reform, uh, the Jedi order. It's, it's also, implied that this takes place potentially thousands of years after the events of the movies. Um, so like really, really far into the future. And he wants to invite them here to receive lightsabers and like continue, uh, their training. And I, I love the, uh, I, number one, I love the twist that the little droid that is like attending to these people that have come was actually the Margrave all along. I love that twist. I also love the twist that the people who have come, or or most of the people who have come, are actually Sith. Yeah, the Sith acolytes. So, I definitely, because of the style of everything, I definitely thought that um, the attending droid, I thought he was going to be evil. Okay? Mm. I I completely 180'd me. I did not see that coming. (laughs) Because it's like, why everyone's been invited here by a mysterious Jedi ruler and no one knows who he is or where he like he is. I was like, obviously this droid is here. They're, they're going to kill all the Jedis that show up. Right. I, that's what I thought was going to happen. I did not expect to see that the, uh, Margrave was going to come out. And I definitely did not expect that every single Jedi that came there was a fucking Sith acolyte. (laughs) Yeah. With the exception of two. Well, one of them is a, Darkness consumed him, so I guess he he was originally a Jedi. He has a purple lightsaber, too. He's the only yes, he does other person lightsaber. who has a purple lightsaber. But, yeah, this follows the story about a, uh, a sabersmith and his daughter. And it's like, apparently, uh, lightsabers are a lost art. No one knows how to make them anymore. And kyber crystals are rare. They're, they've always been rare in the uh, Star Wars universe, as far as I know. But I thought that was really cool. <laughs> like the Sabersmith. Forging new lightsabers. So in Star Wars as a whole, it's never really been discussed in terms of canon exactly how lightsabers get their color. 
there's one method of or one train of thought that has like there's there's these colored kyber crystals that you add to the lightsaber that gives it its color and then there's another train of thought that says it's the actual aura of the jedi themselves that gives it their gives the lightsabers their color this one goes with the latter instead of the former because you actually see the sabersmith's daughter activate a lightsaber and it's clear it has no color to it you can see the blade you can see the outline of the blade but it has no color yeah so it's like she's uh talented in the force right so she obviously can use a lightsaber and she has actually pretty good handling skills however it has no color and her dad tells her like eventually the force will guide you and you'll like you'll blossom basically you'll you'll come into a a colored saber when the time is right and Mm. It was super cool watching the oh god the fight scene in, in this one was really fucking good like production oh, yeah, IG sure. I don't I don't know what the fuck you've been doing where you've been hiding these people to make these shows <laughs> like bring these what guys basement out. <laughs> what basement did you get these animators out of yeah like what did you have them working on because holy shit did they do a phenomenal job at animating the fight scene like it was just <laughs> so fucking cool <laughs> and so the daughter she uh. She she escapes to go give the masterless Jedi the lightsabers, and when they pick it all up, everyone's a fucking Sith Lord. He, <laughs> or no, a, a Sith Acolyte. They can't be Sith Lords. There's no way. And it's like, what? <laughs> There's only one guy. Was it Dan? Was that his name? Who's the no, kid? No, th- that's from the the Elder. That's what oh, we're yeah, going to talk yeah. about later. Um, what was the, the, the first guy's name? Um, I think his I think- name was La, wasn't it? I do not fucking remember. Ethan. Ethan. That's right. Yeah. So Ethan, he pulls out, he, like, the first, uh, the droid pulls out, like, are you guys looking for this? And then Ethan touches it. It's like, is that a real lightsaber? <laughs> By the time I was born, these have already been lost to the universe. And uh, he touches it, and it turns blue, and it's like, whoa, it's a lightsaber. Only Ethan was the, uh, out of the all, the other masterless Jedi that showed up. Only he was good, because then everyone else, they they do the surrounding circle, and, you know, they turn on their lightsabers, and they're all fucking red. You're like, yo, it's a Sith party! What the fuck? <laughs> and then they're like, "We, where is the Margrave? We still are waiting for him. And then, like you said, <laughs> he's like, oh, the he Margrave? He pops out like, here I am, bitches! Yeah, fucking Margrave Juro pops out of the fucking droid, and he's like, oh, you don't have to wait, because I've been here this entire time. And then he Nani? fucking... Yeah, so then the Sith acolytes were like, we're, we're going to fucking kill you, Margrave Juro. You're not going to restore the order. So then they go and fight him with, with his fucking... I, I, at first, I was like, oh, shit. I wonder if the Margrave is going to be evil, you know? Because yeah. I was like, why else would he want to gather the Sith Lords or Sith the Sith? I, wouldn't, I keep saying Sith Lords. They're not Sith Lords because they can't be Sith Lords. Because apparently... Because <laughs> fucking Juro goes 1v3 and fucking smashes these guys. They gotta be Sith Acolytes. They cannot be Sith Lords, because Sith Lords would not lose this easily. No, they the, um, the oh Jesus, the word just escaped me all of a sudden. Um, the the write-up for this episode says that they're called Sith Imposters. Okay. Yeah, see, I swear in the episode they call themselves the Sith Acolytes or something. They're like the Apprentice Sith basically whatever the 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 official canon star wars name for apprentice sith is that's what they are so that explains why they get bodied so easily by jiro who is supposed to be like i'm not sure if he's supposed to be a master jedi um 
but <laughs> he definitely knows how to fight because that was super cool again i the action sequence in the knife jedi was really fucking good like everything about the story was interesting you know the daughter yeah. of a saber smith who's been who is very force sensitive um freaking the other the last jedi freaking ethan <laughs> or the ninth jedi and apparently there is eight other jedi other than margrave juro i don't know if ethan counts as one of the jedi and i would assume so yeah i, I honestly i don't know anything about like how many Jedi there are or anything like that. I, I don't know if That's there's a finite amount. That's why I think this is, a story, this is a story I'd love to see expanded into a full series. Like, this is how invested in it I was. Like, I would love to see, like, how the this guy is getting more and more of these Jedi to come together to reform the Order because obviously there's not that many Force-sensitives left, or at least not people who are aware that they're Force-sensitive, so... And then there's, um... It'd be great to see. Yeah, so they strike down all the uh, Sith Acolytes, and then they don't kill... There's one guy left, and he's fighting Ethan. I think his name was Hanbei? Uh, yes. Uh, no, Holman. Holman? Holman. Holman? What? What did you say? Yes. Holman, H-O-M-E-N. Was that his name? I don't remember. Yes. <laughs> I, That's I the honestly... one with the purple lightsaber. Yeah, the guy with the purple lightsaber. All right, so the fucking purple lightsaber guy... Uh, he's apparently he's a sith and he has like the darkness consumed him but then he like turns back to purple and they let him live and i was just like okay this is interesting why did you fall to the dark side in the first place obviously you're a regular jedi so you know what happened there's a lot going on here you know and the little cheeky uh zoom out that they did where the uh sky temple the jedi sky temple turns upside down and the light beam shines down and it's a fucking lightsaber yes i was like uh that's kind of fucking cool that was a cool uh closer shot like i i really liked it i don't know there's there's a lot about the knife jedi i like mainly the the music's really good it's on point the animation is fucking solid like holy shit it also (laughs) kind of ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger because like the sabersmith he gets attacked but he doesn't die. The people that attack him drag him off somewhere to, I guess, whoever sent these uh, Sith Acolytes after, you know, whoever showed up. And that's where, at the end, that's where you see them all, like, go off to, is to go find the Saber or the Sabersmith's daughter's father. Yeah, because it makes sense. Like, if you, if Sabers have been lost to this universe, why would you kill the only Sabersmith you know of? Like, yeah, especially you would, if you're trying to, like, reform the Sith Order, then, yeah, you'd want more lightsabers for you. Yeah, that was the entire point of the Sith Acolytes gathering, because they wanted lightsabers, because they never had a lightsaber. Yeah. Which I would argue, like, why would you need a lightsaber if you can use the Force to lightning strike people and fucking hold off blaster shots anyway, but whatever. Shh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You Star Wars fans don't want to talk about things like this, because it makes no sense. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, as like a standalone, I would love to watch this, the Ninth yeah. Jedi. It, it just seems yeah. so cool, and I love the like main said, character girl. Um, oh my god, what's Lazima's daughter's name? Holy shit, Kara. Kara. I think she's super cool. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I said it. I'd love to see this expanded into a full series, and maybe we will. Um, who knows? Uh, so the next episode, episode six, is T O B one or Toby. Um, I think you and I might be in agreement about this as well. Perhaps the second weakest of these episodes. I would say, I'd say it's third weakest because (laughs) 
it's not too bad. So I didn't like it very much because the, the art style for this one, Science Saru, the animation studio, they were yeah. going for a Astro a, Boy look. Thank you. I was going to say Astro Man. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, it, it screams fucking Astro Boy. And mm. because these are all short anthology episodes, like nothing makes sense and everything kind of gets yada yada over. But yeah, Professor Mitaka, the armless, he's he's armless, but he's he's a Jedi. It was super cool. He creates a fucking droid, and like the droid becomes a fucking Jedi. That's the entire story. And I was just like, yeah. what? <laughs> and it's so cool because I thought this was, this was the weakest opening episode for me for sure. I would have fucking hated Star Wars Vision if this was the very first episode. I'd been if you didn't introduce me with the duel into Star Wars Visions. And you went from tattooing Rhapsody to like Toby. I would have fucking hated this. I would have been like, "Oh, this is garbage. This is not worth watching." Like the first two episodes suck, but the fight sequence in Toby, holy shit, was that cool? When so, it kind of yada yadas over the fact that um, Toby, he's told by Professor Mitaka like, "Well, you're um, if you want to become a Jedi, you know, in old times." Padawans would go and find their own kyber crystals. So Toby, the robot, he goes, "Oh, okay." Well, I'm going to search this planet. And he searches the planet. He can't find it. And then he, he remembers that the professor was like, hey, don't go into the basement. So he's like, oh, obviously that's where the kyber crystal is. So he goes there. He opens it up and turns on the – and then he accidentally turns on a – I don't think it was an X-Wing, was it? No, it's a um, a T-16. Yeah. So um, the other fucking type of ship. So he turns it on and then, like, an Inquisitor finds where he is. And then he comes down. He kills Professor Mitaka, which is like, yeah, you know, whatever. Super sad. I get it. And you learn that Professor Mitaka is a, a Jedi because he literally opens the door to that um, T-16 with fucking force powers. <laughs> he's like, he has no arms. He's like, force power. Like, oh, oh, shit, he's a Jedi. And, uh, yeah, I it just it screams super Saturday morning shonen to me. Um, again, I didn't like how it looked like astro boy it was super cartoony but i did like the action sequence holy shit let me tell you about mm. this action sequence so when toby fights the inquisitor he gets his ass handed to him again very typical shonen like esque type of duel and then he like believes in the power of the jedi and professor mitaka tells him like it's time toby like you are now a jedi you know i dub the jedi whatever he does the whole knighting thing so then uh Toby fucking becomes instead of T O B one he becomes Toby. I, I thought his name was Toby the entire time just because I was I don't know elite speak, but <laughs> yeah that he like because of the power of being approved by his the uh, the Force Ghost of Professor Mitaka, he like gets a sudden upgrade and then he combines with um what's that fucking thing? He has like a little robot buddy. Oh I remember yeah, his name. what was his what was his name? I forget. I don't know, C3GO or some shit, CNGO. Uh, yeah, it, it's something like that. I, I forget. I know what you're talking about. I forget, the, I forget that little robot's name, though. He has a little robot that attaches to his back and turns into a fucking jetpack, okay? And it's fucking cool. <laughs> so, Toby Does it make now, sense? No. Is no. it cool? <laughs> yes. Yeah, none of this made sense. But Toby fucking combines with this little uh, robot, and he gets an upgrade, and he has a booster thing, and he glows. and he, It's kind of like a mecha transformation, like combination power shit. I just loved it again. Saturday morning cartoon vibes. And it was so cartoony and kitty, but I loved it. I loved this yeah. fight sequence. Like the last, I'd say the first 10 minutes of this is super weak, but the last five minutes sure as hell make up for it because that fight with the Inquisitor is so 
fucking funny and cool. I loved it. It was just again, but it was super cartoony. Like he breaks his mask, and the Inquisitor like has like a robotic face type of thing. It, it's super cartoony, but I just I don't know. It looked really cool. The music, I didn't like it too much. And it again, was very electronic. It was very electronic, but you know, coming from the other ones, which have been kind of more Japanesey, like Toby did not scream Japanese to me. Like to me, mm. again, it, it screamed like this was made for. This was like watching Mega Man from the '90s. Okay. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like super cartoony and weird, and just overall not a great time. <laughs> yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. Now for. For me personally, I love the 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 art style, but I know it's definitely an acquired taste. Yes, That's I know you're I'm old. fucking old. You're I know, old. I know. But yeah, I mean, there's not really too much more for me to say about it. I personally think story wise, it's probably the second weakest. Um, but I actually did like the the aesthetic of it, and yeah, I I also agree that the music is nothing really that much to write home about with this particular episode. Also, he's a fucking droid and he becomes a Jedi? Like, what? Is that allowed? That's that's not unique. <laughs> um, that has happened a couple of times. I mean, look wait, at General wait, hold Rebus. on, hold on, hold on. Wait, that's illegal. There we go. Wait. At- <laughs> that's illegal. I had to get out the, the fucking references. But I, okay, so I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, General Grievous is technically a droid. However, wasn't he a, um, he has like a cerebral cortex or something or a spine? Yeah, he's basically. I don't think he was actually human. I think he was some kind of an alien. But he was. It was a biological life form that essentially became a droid. Yes. So, I guess you could say he could be force sensitive because he technically had like living parts. But Toby is a hundred percent a droid. He's all mechanical. So how did he become a fucking Jedi? That how does the midichlorians work? Make it make sense, George Lucas. The Force. (laughs) I hate that. No, don't you fucking say that. <laughs> so again, I, I I'm just nitpicking. I'm just being a little bitch, but that I just it didn't make sense because again, he's supposed to be a droid, right? It would make sense yeah. if he could he could use lightsabers. Anyone can use a fucking lightsaber, but only a Jedi can like summon their lightsaber or some shit, right? I think who was I talking to that told me this? I don't. I was talking to someone about this and they were explaining it to me because I was like, it didn't make sense. Like, wait, anyone can use a fucking lightsaber? Like, yeah, anyone can. But only a Jedi could actually use the Force to, like, will it back to them. And I'm like, that's so dumb. <laughs> As, I mean, so why Han doesn't... Solo uses a lightsaber in um, The Empire Strikes Back. So. Yeah, so what bothers me is, like, so everyone knows kyber crystals are super OP and they can literally slash ships in half. Why don't <laughs> Hell, people... They're, they're, that's what powers the Death Star. Why don't people just use kyber crystals in everything, then? Like, I get that they're rare, but let's say, like... If you can just pick up a Jedi's fucking lightsaber and use it, why wouldn't you equip yourself with that and fight people? Why would you even have blasters? Why wouldn't everyone in the in the fucking universe be proficient in lightsabers if it doesn't fucking matter? I I do know in the books that um, at least with the Republic they highly regulated who could um, mine and own kyber crystals. So well, yeah, I mean it's like a it's a dangerous like power source that can quite yeah. literally destroy planets so it's it's like how in our world we heavily regulate who has access to nuclear weapons <laughs> yeah so i don't again nitpicking how does a droid become a jedi make it make sense george lucas 
Never. Anyway, uh, moving on to episode seven, which is the second episode directed or done by Studio Trigger, um, The Elder. I'd also like to point out that this uh, particular episode is directed by uh, Masahiko Atsuka, who this was his swan song. This He is retired now that he has done this. This was his very final project that he ever worked on. And um, he's been in the anime industry for, for fucking years. Um, so what a thing to go out on. And he's also, apparently he had been a Star Wars fan, you know, since the 1970s. Um, and he jumped at the bit to actually do this as his last thing that he did. So, I mean, congrats to him. Because I think The Elder is definitely one of the stronger entries in uh, Star Wars Visions. Yeah, see, watching The Elder, I didn't know it was Studio Trigger. Because it doesn't look like Trigger. Like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> It and because I, I'm just so used to triggers like art style and fashion of like character designs. It looks, over the top, yeah, over the top. Everything looks like um, Kill a Kill or Space Patrol Luluko. Like, well, I mean, over the top is <laughs> this one wasn't over the top. That was, it was very subdued, right? Yes. Like, obviously, it was not an Imaishi film. This was so obvious no. because the storytelling was a lot slower. But was it so fucking cool? So. They're patrolling. Uh, it's following a Jedi Master named Tajin and his Padawan Dan, and they're patrolling a the, the Outer Rim when uh, the Jedi feels a there's a disturbance in the Force. He legitimately just says that. And I was just like, also, hey, I they like, said the thing. They said the thing. They, uh, the, well, there were a couple of things. There was one uh, in the twins. Uh, someone says, I think it's uh, on. Um says to Kari, where are you going to go with that Kyber crystal? And, and Kari says to a galaxy far, far away. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I, I think in every single episode, except Toby, I think someone utters the phrase, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Freaking all the callbacks, dude. <laughs> like That's what I love about this anthology. Like, obviously, people who liked Star Wars worked on this. <laughs> it makes so much yeah. more sense. But... Yeah, so uh, we follow Tajin and Dan, and they, they show up to this fucking remote planet, and they're like, hey, so anything weird been going on, man? And then the villagers are like, oh, yeah, there was this like old dude who came here. It was weird. No, we don't get a lot of visitors around these parts. And then that's where Tajin's like, I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes exploring. He finds the, um, I don't know what the fuck it was, like a Sith fucking ship? Yeah. I don't. Again, I don't know anything about this. Is like where my my knowledge of Star Wars stuff obviously um, wanes because I've never actually seen it, so I don't know what what's supposed to be a Sith ship. Like I, it looks evil. It's dark and black and stuff. It looks like um the one Kylo Ren rides in. Yeah, like it's obviously this guy is evil, and I'm not sure if he's part of the Empire, but he's obviously supposed to be a Sith. And uh, Dan, unfortunately, meets him first and fights him. And this old dude, the elder, he's fucking he's a battle maniac. And he just fucking plays around with Dan and then just ends his life. He's got dual fucking uh, lightsabers. They look fucking cool. They look like scimitars. They look that I wouldn't say they're they're just like curved katanas. But yeah, it was cool. And then you get to see Tajin fight him. And it was very... I wouldn't say it was super action heavy because the sequence only lasts a couple. Like, I, I, honestly, I think it only lasted two minutes total. The entire encounter from like Dan to Tajin fighting him. Yeah, more or less. It was very fast. Uh, the music is actually not bad. Again, um, 
whatever her name was. <laughs> I read it earlier. Michiru Oshima. She does a pretty fine job. Um, I would say the elder would be my ah, probably my third favorite because it's it's very trigger, but I liked it. And of course, the story didn't make sense because again, trigger doesn't make good stories. <laughs> it's just literally it was very simple, and that's what I actually liked about it because it's like, who is this guy? Is he a Sith Lord? He's like maybe he was a sith lord but he was like the sith order was too concentrated on this and that that's why they fucking destroyed themselves i only care about fighting the strong and that's it and that was just cool that was cool yeah that's what i thought the first episode was gonna be to be honest yeah um i also i i find it funny that um like the title itself the elder obviously there's the dynamic in this of the padawan and the master right yeah where one one does seem like he's getting a little up there in age and maybe he's gonna be you know giving up the life soon perhaps he seems to and he comes off as like very wise and you know learned like he's been around it's even mentioned that he's visited many many planets and so he seems to know his way around the place and uh um the guy that they fight is obviously a very elderly person and I just thought, like, the the, 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 the the dynamic there was very interesting. That you have the, the master trying to teach the apprentice while he's actually trying to fight someone who's also been a master who's been around forever. Yeah. Overall, good time. Good fucking time. Yeah. All right, we've got um, two more also episodes Also, some good music in The Elder, too. We've got two more episodes to talk about, and we're, like, at an hour mark, so... Yeah. <laughs> Like, um, well, okay, so let's yeah, let's talk about episode eight, Lapin Ocho. I like the fact that it's one of the characters' name is Ocho, and Ocho means eight in Spanish. <laughs> like, so Lapin Ocho, I really like this episode. Um, mm. Gino Studio with Yuki Igarashi, fucking fantastic. Okay, yeah, uh, um, relatively new studio, by the way. So the reason I like Lapin Ocho was this entire episode plays out like a historical drama. It's so Japanese, right? Like. Obviously, uh, o- Oyubun and his daughter find Lop, who's like this. She's a bunny, right? A bunny person. Uh, yeah, bunny-like, I guess. Bunny-like person, and they adopt her into the family. And there's like a clash of the. It's very Japanese drama, like Japanese uh, yakuza drama. And I loved every. Fi- I-, I was lapping it up, dude. <laughs> uh, Honestly, if you strip if you strip away like the Star Wars veneer that's that's on top of this, I could literally see this being something that plays out in one of the yakuza video games. <laughs> it's very yakuza. Like the story is very yakuza heavy. Like there's the Oyubun family and uh, Ocho, and then she tries to take. She's supposed to be the next lead, and she wants to take the clan in a different direction. And mm. Lop, who was adopted by her, wants to stay traditional, so they clash. And the fucking katana with the engraved writing on it and the passing of the uh the lightsaber like mm. thousands of years ago um the uh, jedi came to this planet and our family has done this tradition and so the dad the oyubun gives it to the adoptive daughter instead of the actual daughter then ocho becomes consumed with darkness because she's turned to the dark side and it's just so cool man i i loved every single minute of it like lop and ocho would be my second contender for i wish it was its own series i would watch the mm. shit out of this yeah i would definitely i would watch this too um especially if you could like because one of the things that happens is obviously lop and ocho they meet and then there's this time gap where it just says seven years later i'd like to see more of what happened in those seven years please 
Yeah, like uh, <laughs> the music was done by Yoshiaka Dewa, Dewa, however you pronounce that. Sorry, Yoshiaka-kun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we also did the music for the second one, Tatooine Rhapsody, which is weird considering how much how different it is. Like Tatooine Rhapsody was, well, I guess it was good. Like it was rock, very rock centric, and it it screamed rock. And Lop and Ocho screams just traditional Japanese, like historical yeah. drama type of shit. I I loved it. <laughs> it was so dramatic. <laughs> Oh man, and when fucking when Lop like becomes one with the Force, and then you, her eyes start to gleam, and then she like the lightsaber works even better, and she takes the fucking the sigh and fucking does the X cross against Ocho, and I'm just like, yo, this is dope. <laughs> I want to see this. I would say Lop and Ocho would be my. I would. I want to put it on my favorite. Like I like it so much, but the Ninth Jedi was also really good. It's it's really a toss up between the two. Like I can't decide i i'm honestly gonna have to go with lapa nojo just because the music was that much better than the ninth jedi but story-wise mm. both of them were very compelling yeah and both of them would make great series if they were expanded out i think yeah um i also like that this is actually the story takes place like sometime between the ep- episodes three and four um so obviously the empire is like in full force um, I also like the whole backstory of like this. The planet was like a kind of peaceful, idyllic place. The people kind of lived pretty much in harmony with nature. But then the Empire came, and they they sort of welcomed the Empire with open arms because at first the Empire made them very prosperous. But now the Empire is just ruthlessly exploiting the resources of their planet. But like, and the whole thing with Ocho is like she all she's seeing is the prosperity that the Empire is bringing. She's not seeing that the damage that they're obviously doing to the planet. Yeah, and again, like I said, it's very traditional Japanese yakuza. Because, for example, one of the stories that happened, like uh, in in a lot of yakuza centered films, there's always a changing of the guard. Right, the yeah. new generation wants to do new things. The old generation doesn't. Like the old generation said we would never deal in drugs but the new generation's like but we should deal in drugs it makes a lot of money there's different families doing it but then the old generation's like no we have always done it this way we'll always do it this way it's very again very japanese drama i've seen so many freaking uh drama shows like this that center around this very thing where it's like the changing of the guard the old versus the new and then like the person who was raised traditional who's adopted into the family and stuff like that or the person who is adopted is like doing really good work coming up and doing the new stuff and then they betray it and then it's like i've seen the i've seen it all but i love this type of story it's it's very compelling to watch because it's very it makes you want to watch another episode it, it leaves you off with a sense of wanting more which is what lop and ocho did like i just loved it also i thought it was very fitting that ocho which means eight this was also the eighth episode of in the anthology i wonder That's if they did true. that on purpose like, I, I wonder if Lop and Ocho was supposed to be on a different episode count, but they just changed it because they're like, well, Ocho technically means eight. So if we put it at episode eight, it, it, oh, look at that. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I like it. It's probably just a coincidence, but it is funny. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about the last episode. I'm, so, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll go ahead and talk about it. That's how we'll finish it off because it is a sad way to finish this off because I think you and I are definitely in agreement that this is the weakest of all the episodes. I'm glad they put it at the end. I'd hate <sighs> to think that this was going to be the one they started out with. Yeah. Again, so I ubiquitously, unanimously, wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. Out of Kitty, episode nine, worst fucking episode. <laughs> 
like it's not the fact that there's not a lot of action it's like the, everything about it i don't like like science saru i didn't like the anime okay science saru is the one who did the astro boy one right so yeah. arakiri it has a weird like style to it it looks not like astro boy but it's very pudgy right like it looks like poyo like or ponyo watching fucking mm. ponyo the studio ghibli without all the cool like cute stuff i hated that okay on top of that there's there's a lot of like <sighs> it literally mirrors episode three <laughs> a jedi knight falls in love with this princess and then like the family gets destroyed and then she he gets betrayed or whatnot and the girl that he loves the princess dies and he joins forces with with evil to bring her back you know for love very much like anakin yeah <laughs> like i'm not sure if they did this on purpose where they were trying to mirror episode three but i picked up on it right fucking away because right when he, the princess was like in love with the the jedi knight i was like huh i've seen this before yeah this seems a bit familiar yeah and then the whole like he kills her that he has to join forces with the darkness to bring her back i was like i have definitely seen this before <laughs> do it do it i was do waiting it. i was waiting for him to show up to just go like do it do it <laughs> yeah but, i mean I, there's not much else i can say about it either like i i get what they were going for but yeah it does really just feel like a rehash of stuff that we've already seen before just with a different veneer on it and i definitely agree that the art style is very much a, a lot like the other one that science Aro did toby it's very much an acquired taste I'm sure some people are going to be fans of it, but me personally, I, just, I couldn't get behind it. And I hated that because because of how much I liked Lop and Ocho, all right? So I binged this. Uh, mm. I'm not sure if you binged every single episode because this all did come out on the same day on um, Disney+. On Plus. Disney+, Plus, yeah. So I binged all nine episodes in one sitting because, honestly, it only takes like two, maybe three hours tops to binge all nine yeah, episodes. Yeah, I think the longest episode is 20 minutes long. And the shortest one's like twelve, so it's, yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of long episodes here. Yeah, I I binged it. I I did it. I binged it over the course of like three hours. Okay, it just feels like such a weak place to leave off of. <laughs> yeah, it it does. Like I I I feel like this maybe should have been put somewhere near the middle. Definitely not. It shouldn't have been started out with it. But I don't know. It just it does feel like a really weak entry to to leave off on, especially with when there's so many other things that are way stronger. But overall, like, to kind of put a bow on all of this, I think overall, this is really good. This is a really good anime anthology series. Um, as I mean, and as weak as what we just talked about, um, Akakiri, the final episode was, I think I would be, no, you know what, I'm going to say it. Every single episode here has more creativity, has more passion, and has more, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for gumption put into it than any star wars disney movie we've gotten so far <laughs> i can't speak to that because again never seen a star wars movie fully i haven't finished any star wars movies and i sure as hell have not seen any of the new stuff um except mandalorian well i mean i, I meant seven eight nine but yes mm -hmm. i've seen mandalorian but that technically takes place after episode six yeah it takes place between episode six and seven yeah it has to so how I would rate for my personal enjoyment of the episodes is again, Lop and Ocho. It's a toss up between Lop and Ocho and, 
and uh, the Ninth Jedi. I'm going to say Lapinocho gets a slight edge just because I, I really like the whole Yakuza aspect, and I love the soundtrack mm. for that episode, the sound. It was just amazing. <laughs> I loved it. So I'd say Lapinocho was my favorite. The Ninth Jedi is a very close second. Then I'd say my next favorite would be probably it's a toss up again between the elder and village bride because you know what no i like the duel a lot more than those even though the duel has less to offer like not as great music i just love the artistic style and again mm. feudal jedi empire japan-esque like that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> like didn't they just release a star wars like with a samurai uh, a star uh was it not a clone trooper or a stormtrooper with like a uh, fucking samurai armor it's like red. It looks super fucking cool. I you know what I'm talking about, about like a, a. Are you talking about like a toy? Yeah, it's like a figure. It's a uh, it's a stormtrooper, but it's like feudal Japan armor. It's Maybe? red. I don't know. Looks, I don't really keep up with I, Star Wars toys. Yeah, so they released this, and it looks so fucking clean. And I love that aesthetic. It like future meets fucking Japan. I love it. Hmm. So I would say the dual would be number three and then i would say i probably i'm gonna have to give it to the village bride just because it's a cooler setup uh than the elder even though the elder has better fight scenes i would say i overall would like the i like the world building of the village bride a lot more than because there's actual world they're building there's an environment Mm -hmm. versus the elder which is just show up and fight and then (laughs) I'm sorry, but the twins is like low on that list. Like my (laughs) fourth, like from the bottom would be the twins just because I, it's trigger, man. I, it's bad story. It's very trigger combat and it was cool, I guess, but I don't know. The elder just was way better than the twins. In my opinion, even though I like Imaishi, don't get me wrong. Everything about it screams trigger. It's not bad. It's just, I didn't enjoy it because it's it's very lacking i i would have appreciated more story i would have appreciated better storytelling first and foremost like we don't establish anything in the twins about like why kara even cares about his sister because again you're supposed to be brought up to be um sith lords and you're twin sith lords for the dark side so why did you even care about your older sister because your older sister only cares about just you you know fulfilling her destiny and destroying planets so that didn't really make sense. It's just weak to me. And uh, Toby would be my second least favorite. I just, again, not me, not for me, man, not for me. Uh, it does have a cool fight scene, not a bad episode for sure. And obviously, very bottom is Adokiti. It's just so out of place. Everything here has really good. Either they've got a good soundtrack, they've got a good story, or they've got good fighting. Arukiri has none of that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's so weak. I was like, I'm actually very surprised that this came out in this anthology, considering how every single episode prior to this has something good about it that I actually like. Oh, I guess I forgot to rank Tatooine Rhapsody. I would rank that above, uh, I'd rank that below the twins, but I'd rank it above Toby because I did like the music. Hmm. I just, I didn't like Toby very much. Science Saru, man, I'm sorry. I don't like your studio. I, I think I, I just, I can't. I can't watch your shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I won't, I'm not going to go through the entire list myself. I'll definitely give you my top three. Uh, obviously, the Ninth Jedi is my favorite one. Um, 
my number two would probably be Lapanocho, and then number three is probably it, it is a really close toss-up between the Village Bride and the Elder. I think I'm gonna give it to the Elder simply because I think there may actually be a better story there. Because you're a trigger fanboy. Yeah, it, well, I am. <laughs> um, no, I, I just generally I like it. Um, I don't know. It's I, I'm I'm very happy that we got this though. Um, I don't know if anything else is going to come of this. I really hope that maybe one of these does get expanded into something more because obviously anime is a good medium to tell a story within the Star Wars universe. Um, obviously animation we know is because we got the Clone Wars and that's one of the best things about the Star Wars franchise is the Clone Wars. I fucking um, love Clone Wars. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, I'd love to see more of this. I'd love to see maybe Disney team with maybe one of these studios to just kind of expand on one of these ideas and see if they can create a full series out of it. Um, Man, you know what? So, little factoid, The Ninth Jedi was actually supposed to be two films, but mm. they condensed it to one, because originally the episode count was supposed to be ten, but now it's nine. So, mm. I think The Ninth Jedi has a is a very strong contender for actually being a series, since they did have a two-episode, like, for The Ninth Jedi, which would be awesome. Again, I would love that. I would fucking love to see the Knife Jedi as its own like independent series, along with Lapanocho. Like I would love to see these two. Yeah, um, I don't. I, I really don't know what else to say. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Um, if you had to give the entire anthology a score out of ten, what would you give it? Solid eight, eight point five, man. Yeah, that I I think the exact same thing. For me, it's a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, like there's good action, there's good story, everything about it. I probably would have rated this a nine if I did not fucking see our <laughs> Akakiri because God damn it. <laughs> nothing. It gave me nothing. I'm still salty about that. I'm really <laughs> fucking salty about this. What you're saying is take that one out and then expand the night Jedi even more. <laughs> I would have loved that. Honestly speaking, if I, if Akakiri did not exist and they replace it with the two, second part to the ninth Jedi, mm. I would have given this a nine out of 10, like near perfect anime. <laughs> like it was great. <laughs> I love yeah. the fact that we have different studios exploring the universe because it's just cool. I, for w whatever reason, love the spinoffs because it's just – there's a lot more to Star Wars than the main series, the main franchise. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's where we're going to leave it. Um, so thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. Check the description below to find links to Anime Club, After Dark, on Twitch, on social media, and on Discord. Check out our merch store as well, and our, excuse me, check out our merch store and our affiliate links as well. Any purchases you make there do really help us out. With that, I've been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, John. Good night. Hey, John. What's up? May the force be with you. <sighs>